TSL. This is the Satin Lounge. Breathe it in. I am privileged to introduce to you a master of unconditional love. She's a teacher, a life coach, and she's also a pioneer of one of the most innovative churches in the world. She's pastor of the House of Reconciliation. Satin Lounge, please help me welcome this beautiful spirit, Apostle Deitria L. Gates. Hello. Hi, Kia. How are you? I'm wonderful. Bless you, and thank you so much for coming. No, I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, you know what? There may be some people who think your very presence inside the Satin Lounge, the most seductive soundtrack in the atmosphere where we promote romantic love in the LGBT community, is a contradiction. Um, is it? No, absolutely not. It's actually a confirmation of who God is and who Christ is. And uh, I, I'm honored to be here. I'm excited about it. Wow. Well, we're honored to have you. Thank you. Um, I love the name The House of Reconciliation. Where did that name come from? It sounds beautifully unique and um, it reminds me of a mending of some sort. Where, where does that name come from? You're absolutely right. Um, when I had the vision to start this ministry, uh, the Spirit, God, the Creator, He imparted or impressed upon my heart to name this movement uh, the House of Reconciliation because reconciliation means to recon reconcile or to bring back together. And the idea was to bring man's awareness back to uh, his original connection with God. Mm. And it's like an accounting. You balance the books and you reconcile everything. And so uh, essentially it's the same thing where spiritually you're reconciled or you realize that whatever balance was that was owed had been paid so therefore you owed nothing mm. and so now there can be just a simple coming together and becoming reacquainted with the god of your youth wow. the god of the universe wow. uh, it's almost like picking up from where you left off and and then continuing the re the relationship and allowing it to develop into whatever form it does continuing the communion yes absolutely wow, i love that i love that so much you've been um described as the people's pastor and just listening to you talk right now it just it, it makes so much sense um you've been pastoring for about 15 years we're actually going into our 14th year mm. what okay so what have you learned in that nice stretch of time about the temperament of people or what have you learned about people or even about yourself well, interestingly enough, we just celebrated our 14th year, uh, the 3rd of March. Mm -hmm. And um, I realized... Oh, you. thank you. Thank you very much. I realized that it took that time for me to develop into uh, the pastor, the people's pastor that God has 
called me to be. It took all that time for me to begin to understand relationships and to understand the mm-hmm. heart of God and really get a clear idea in terms of the essence of who he is and how uh, we relate to God. And it took me all that time to mm-hmm. realize that, you know, essentially I am God manifested in the flesh. Wow. So if I'm going to preach this message, I had to realize that truth first. And so I've had time. 14 years to grasp that concept and now I'm so excited to share with the people you know <laughs> I, I can't wait to go wait a minute so uh, who is God to you who define God God is spirit he is energy mm-hmm. he is the first cause of everything he is the essence of life itself Mm. And I begin to realize that the reason why this physical body that I live in has the mobility that it does is because that God source, mm-hmm. that energy dwells within me. Mm-hmm. And that the essence of who I am is God, not a byproduct of God, wow. but God himself so, manifested in the flesh. So God can't really hate himself. That's really touching my heart right now. <laughs> Yeah, but here's the thing. A person can hate themselves if they don't realize that the essence of who they are is God. Once you realize that, then you can look at someone who does not clearly understand that concept Mm -hmm. and love them in spite of because you understand they just don't know it yet. Mm. But then you can be excited, on the other hand, to know that when they come into that truth, oh, my God, how exciting that's going to be. Wow, then we come together as one. As one because, like Jesus said, I and my Father... R1. Wow. I had another revelation of that. I don't know if I ought to share it. Please, please share it. Jesus was the human side of God, if you will, or he was God in flesh form. And then you have God, the universal substance, uh, the uh, formless substance, the essence of life. Uh And so you have the God, flesh, carnal man saying that I, carnal flesh, and the spirit are one, meaning that it's the same. It's no different. It's just a different form of that energy and that power. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Satin Lounge, I know this this is a bit heavy. I know. Don't go. Don't Don't move. Listen, um, (laughs) can you describe to us your ministry? What is your ministry about? What do you uh, define what it is you do? My ministry is about awareness. Mm-hmm. It's about knowing the truth. There's a scripture that says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I'm about sharing the truth. I'm about taking the fundamental teachings and the basic traditional preaching that we most of us have grown up with mm-hmm. and kind of, if you will, breaking it down to where a person can really grasp the true meaning and the true essence of what's being said. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about life, love, and living, and uh, expression of one's self, whatever that might be, and in whatever form that might be. So, but essentially, my ministry is designed to uh, help people realize the truth about who they are as it relates to God, mm-hmm. essentially, so that there can be a re- reconciliation mm-hmm. or a coming together, a love connection, a love connection, if you will. It's all about love here in the Satin Lounge. I love the word love. I try to implement love in my life. And I constantly, you know, preach the the preempt or the the, the message 
uh, create love because I believe that we all have the power to do that in the space in which we live. You have the power to create love with the uh, faculties and facilities that you have. Um, and that is an essence of the creator or God or what you believe in who created you. And I love that message so much. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, apostleship or uh, people also acknowledge you as an apostle when your your title is Apostle Dietria L. Gates. What is an apostle? An apostle uh, historically establishes in the earth realm uh, what God is, uh, or let me say it like this, the, the God of your understanding or the, the God, God as, as you understand him to be, because all of us understand God to a degree, mm. to some degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unfortunate that some people uh, pressure you to understand him to their degree. But to whatever degree you understand <laughs> you God. You better step into mm. something. <laughs> so to whatever degree, and I, I believe wherever, whatever that degree is, you can grow, we can all grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but the apostleship is essentially uh, an office within uh, the traditional church structure. Actually, it's a universal position where you establish in the earth realm what God, what the creator, what the universal substance is doing in the earth realm. It's a more spiritual positioning as opposed to an administrative position. Mm. Okay. I'm not sure I gathered all that, but uh, some of it. So It's it's okay. It's It's, it's, it's okay? Okay. It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) You know what? You mentioned uh, something about, you know, people wanting you to understand God to their degree. Um, That was really interesting to me. I had a friend, a really dear friend ask me this question I'm going to ask you uh, she's a Christian um, we get along perfectly we love each other uh, but we do have a difference in opinion about uh, homosexuality and she asked me um, if a person believes that homosexuality is wrong does that make them a homophobe does that make them someone who's judging someone else does that create some kind of negativity because they're standing in their own truth. I mean, what? Well, I don't think so. People have their opinions about everything, and I think we ought to allow people to have their opinion. But I think when you impose your opinion on someone else or when you take the position that now you're the judge and you can determine who's right and who's wrong, I Mm -hmm. think then you cross the line of simply having your own opinion opinion, and then you become critical mm-hmm. and homophobic. Uh, and I think a lot of that's because of fear, your own personal fear. You have not learned to love mm. a person in spite of their orientation or their preference or their creed, their culture, their uh, color. Their, their color. Mm-hmm. So I think fear, when fear uh, is uh, placed within that uh, context, then you have the homophobic Mindset, and then you become combative, and then you become uh, a detriment to anyone who um, may have a different point of view. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to have a different point of view. But for me to impose my point of view on you, I think that's unfair. I, I think it's ungodly. Because then, where's the love? Mm-hmm. Where's the compassion? Where is uh, where? Where's the love of God? Where is um, where's God? I mean, there's no other way to say it. Where is God? He, love covers a multitude, even if you thought it was wrong. But love will even cover it mm. if you thought it was wrong. 
So if you can't cover it and protect it and shield it from being exposed to someone else who may take a homophobic uh, stance against it, then you're not operating in the love of God either. Mm-hmm. So there's another problem. There's another issue there. But if we can allow ourselves to walk in love and respect one another, mm-hmm. I think a lot of these issues, uh, we won't have to deal with them. Wow. Well, that is the utopian hope for the world that we could all come together in love. We have to take a break, but when we come back, if it's all right with you, Apostle Gates, I I would like to talk more about sexuality um, and spirituality. Um, Throw in some sensuality, if I may. (laughs) Let's do it, girl. (laughs) Can we do that? We can do that. Okay, we'll do that. You keep it right where you got it. You're listening to The Satin Lounge with Kia Renee. And I need you to take a moment and breathe it in. I used to care so much about what others think songs and a bit of my testimony. Um, We're back with a dynamic woman and someone who has been a mentor in my life. Um, She's also my pastor and friend, Apostle Detria L. Gates. Thank you for being here. Glad to be here. Um, Can we talk a little bit about the way the LGBT community is treated by traditional religious groups for a minute? Um, Why? Is it so hard to encompass all and to judge not? Why Why can't we all just get along? <laughs> now, are you sure you want me to answer that? I mean, I, I just, I, I, yes. <laughs> and, and this is my own personal belief. Um, I think, as I mentioned earlier, fear uh, is a big issue. Um because we've been trained in our traditional churches to think and love and do and be a certain way. And so anything outside of that uh, is very uncomfortable. People become very fearful and afraid. And there's a scripture, if I may, may, may add, that perfect love cast out fear. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so when we walk in fear, 
then we tend to isolate ourselves from people who may even reflect certain personalities and characteristics within ourselves mm -hmm. who we're not willing to embrace. Mm -hmm. See, if I don't embrace who I am, mm -hmm. then I can never embrace who you are. And you don't have to be who I am to for me to embrace you. But when I learn to love myself mm -hmm. first, then I can love you for who you are. And I think, for the most part, traditional church goers have not for whatever reason, learn to love themselves. They love a, a God who uh, they project to be up in the sky somewhere when he actually lives within. Mm. And so I think once you love yourself and can embrace yourself, then you can embrace uh, other communities and other people and you can love them um, not in spite of, but because of who they are. Well, I'm getting ready to share something pretty uh, raw and authentic. Um, I am a PK. Mm -hmm. uh, that means uh, I'm a preacher's kid, a, mm -hmm. a pastor's daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, went through many challenges with my family. And I don't for one minute believe that there isn't love there. I just, I, I think after having some conversations with her, that she believes that her mission is to kind of save my soul, that I'm in error. Um, not realizing that I, I have the same values and, 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 and the things that she has installed in me are still very present in my life. Uh, one of the things she had taught me was unconditional love, which is amazing that I think she struggles with it, I guess, tangibly. I think in, internally she does love, but, in, you know, she doesn't really know how to express that, especially being a minister of the gospel. But let me say this. Um, I must reflect on when you came to the church and how I myself at that time, it was years ago, mm -hmm. I was challenged because my thinking hadn't quite developed to the degree it has now. Mm -hmm. And so I found myself having to look at who you are and recognizing the gifts that God had given you. And I had to settle within myself that my God, okay, okay. She has a different orientation than most people, but in spite <laughs> no really. But in spite of that, I cannot deny that I see the power of God working in her life. Mm. And it helped me to to decide, do I embrace her because uh, I, I see the love of God and I see the power of God and I see the gifts of God? Or do I side with traditional teaching and fundamental teaching and cast her to the wolves? And I made a decision. Mm -hmm. No, I recognize God in her life. Mm -hmm. And in spite of her orientation or whatever, I must embrace the power of God that I see moving in her life. And if you can remember, we had many conversations about mm -hmm. that. And I told you, I said, honey, yeah. if they said something about me standing with you, that I would just rather be talked about. <laughs> You did. But I had to stand with what I, love I knew. You for that. Thank you. I had, but I recognized God, and I had to even go against my own self mm -hmm. and war within myself mm -hmm. to recognize that that there was something going on inside of you, and I, I chose to embrace you. Mm -hmm. And I think around that time was when I began to open up my thinking. I began to become mm -hmm. more aware uh, 
of, of the love of God on a totally different level, mm-hmm. uh, I challenged myself. I had problems with it. Right. I must say, yeah, I, I, wait a minute, this goes against everything I've been taught. Right. But I cannot deny <laughs> what I'm seeing. And I, I, it was a leap of faith. I just decided I'm going to embrace her. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to embrace you. And I did. And I'm so glad I did. Me because too. You've been a great instrument in my life and a, a, a great blessing. And in a lot of cases, you've saved my life. And I want to wow. thank you for that. Okay. So, I'm okay. Well, thank you, Apostle, for that. That's that's. But, but let me also address. For so long, we've been told that you had to come a certain way in order to receive Christ. Right. Uh, uh, it goes back to, well, I'm, I've got to try to save you. Well, Jesus did mm-hmm. that on the cross, and, mm-hmm. and the gospel of inclusion is simply the good news. Whosoever will, let him come. He didn't say, well, you have to do certain things before you come. He said, just mm-hmm. if you hear my voice. Heart, not your heart, come. Whosoever will. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So Mm. the gospel of inclusion is the good news that the price has already been paid, that there's there's nothing old. I just, God just wants you to embrace him Mm -hmm. uh, as much as he wants to embrace you. Wow, it's beautiful. I love love so much. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that? Uh, do you think that Christians uh, have gotten a bad rap? What do you mean when you say a bad rap? Because of uh, stereotypical things, which works in the reverse. Even mm-hmm. you know, some people stereotype us. Sure. So I think our community stereotypes them. Sure. You're talking about religious communities, mm-hmm. and in that, we we don't. We've heard some of these same speeches over and over that we don't we don't think that they're out of love. They're more of an attack. So you hear those flags go up as soon as someone starts to quote a scripture or or they start to manipulate, we feel, uh, some of the, the Bible just to exclude our community. So being saying that I'm a Christian and being gay sometimes are not associated with each other mm-hmm. or religion i should say because they're more than just christianity that we're yeah I, I think i think fear is just because fear is the opposite of faith mm-hmm. and hate is the opposite of love right and so because we don't operate in true love and because we don't allow the love of god who doesn't are we speaking of the church or are we speaking of because if if I'm a, a gay person mm-hmm. and the church has hurt me, mm-hmm. I have to still operate in love to love the church or Christendom mm-hmm. or religion in spite of. I mean, I agree with them, mm-hmm. but I must love them if I'm going to move on. So it is with the church world. If they operate in true love, mm-hmm. then if you are involved in a lifestyle that I don't condone or I believe is wrong or bad, mm-hmm. here again, the love of God will help me or allow me the ability to look beyond that and love you as a person, a child of God, as a human being, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. If, even if you don't think that mm-hmm. that person is a child of God, they are a human being. You know, what I find really interesting is that our communities, African speaking of African-American communities, can inflict that same pain of discrimination on someone else um, do you think that the African-American religious communities uh, have a harder time dealing with homosexuality than, than other cultures? I think homosexuality and uh, is just another vice 
that is used to keep us separated and divided. Uh, if it's not our economic status, if it's not mm-hmm. uh, our educational achievements, mm-hmm. our occupation, there there is always something, if you will, thrown into the game to keep us divided and separated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, those who are abused become abusers. Mm-hmm. And because we've been victimized and abused, wow, then we I've tend to repeat that same cycle but if we ever stop and say wait a minute Mm. there's a pattern here Mm. and realize wow there's something working against not only me as an individual but us as a people and not just us but humans or mankind Mm -hmm. everywhere and I I think once we realize that Mm -hmm. and say wait a minute start thinking and becoming aware Mm -hmm. of who we are and the essence of God being inside of us and take that position in the earth realm. I think a lot of things that we fight and bicker about will become so obscure and minute until it would become uh, something of the past. It would disappear. Mm, I I love that. I I want to see that in my lifetime. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I think we will. Well, um, I wanted to congratulate you um, because you're soon to be consecrated as Bishop of one of the largest affirming fellowships, the United Progressive Pentecostal Church of Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. where uh, Bishop O.C. Allen III is the presiding prelate. Yeah. I know that's a lot of jargon, uh, maybe even religious jargon for some, but in other words, it means that we have a beautiful spirit in a religious hierarchy that can um, at least be a voice <laughs> for us Absolutely. as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. <laughs> that's how I look at it. What what about the people who would say that that was that's sacrilegious or you know they don't belong in the same place? Well, and, and they have the right to voice that opinion, mm-hmm. voice and to feel what you feel. But one should come to the conclusion that it may stop you, it may slow you down for a moment, but at the end, what is supposed to be will be. Your purpose is your blueprint for originality. Absolutely. You are your best thing. I like that. Well, thank you. <laughs> I see it often. Um, what do you hope our future will look like? What can we open our hearts and spirits for, to hope for, wish for, plan for? I believe that we are going to see a tremendous degree of awareness where consciously people are becoming more aware. I believe people are so hungry for just the truth Mm -hmm. about who they are and why they are here, uh, who they are as it relates to God. Um, Not necessarily being religious, but having a relationship with a creator, Mm -hmm. a connection uh, with a creator. And I believe that year 2013 is going to usher us into a dispensation where that will happen people will start to get it and a lot of things that divided us will uh, disappear and people will uh, cross denominational lines Mm. and uh, cultural codes that divide us Mm. will eliminate themselves because of our awareness of who Mm. we are and we'll begin to walk in that and you'll see more love and and of course you have to also recognize that they're always going to be the opposite someone who doesn't get it but honey you ought to be so busy about getting what you get and living it until someone who doesn't get it I mean what the the impact that they may or could have had on your life 
won't even matter as mm-hmm. much. And so I, I believe that we're mm-hmm. headed into a season where uh, a season of awareness right. and uh, an awakening, if you will, mm-hmm. of consciousness to a higher level. So maybe the whole 2012 scare of the end of the world was it is actually an ending maybe some things will die maybe some discriminations and some prejudices may die that's my prayer yeah i Um, believe it is an end of a dispensation mm -hmm. i believe it's the end of a chapter Mm -hmm. but 2013 will be the beginning of a fresh new chapter and i i think the pages will be blank if you've I'm through it. Wow. And we'll be be able to write on right those chapters. Right. Come on now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Apostle Gates, um, I don't want to let you go, but I have to. Uh, <laughs> I, I thank you so much for gracing our studio and, and for just pouring into my life. Um, you are, you have been invaluable to me. I think your message is love and we will continue to support you in your endeavors and let me say this. Uh, congratulations on launching the Satin Lounge. I'm so uh, so <laughs> excited so and much. so proud of you. <laughs> and I heard you mention earlier uh, preaching. And I want to let you know that uh, this is a ministry and you're touching lives and changing lives. And it is a form of preaching. Preach, girl. <laughs> Jump bad, so. Wow. So keep doing mm-hmm. what you're doing. Okay, offering play going around right now. Right, right. Jingle, jingle, jingle. Yeah. It's offering time. Get coins. I'm looking for some. It's offering time in the Satin Lounge. Amen. Oh, no. Thank, Thank you for having me. Thank you. Come again. Anytime. I share. Thank you. God bless you.